from the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet, ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. It's Friday, and so are you. You try a new permutation of that every week if I can think of something. I know you run out of them pretty fast, though, don't you? I think last time I said, it's Friday and so are we, right? Uh, It's Friday and so are you. So we got to get the creative department working on that, I guess. All right. Yeah, I should have taken some caffeine. Fuck, I hadn't been sleeping worth of shit. You been sleeping? Yeah. You sleeping okay? It's like a baby? Like a baby. Really? <clears throat> Must be nice to have such a childlike storm view of the time. view of the world. What storm? Storm blew through. Oh, yeah, well, that was about midnight, wasn't it? You were already in bed? Yeah, right. When do you go to bed? I don't know, around 11. 11 o'clock. I, I got through five. I just I got through with my 345 set of squats last night <laughs> at about 11. That's when I did my last set of squats. Last night about 11 o'clock. And you hear the you hear the vocal fry in my voice, but you know I'm tired. Somebody mentioned Vocal fry. Vocal fry is fashionable now, especially women. Women do vocal fry because it makes them, I don't know, what does it make them sound like besides tired? Dumber? Uh, pretentious? Uh, more northeastern? You know, if you, if, you, what? if you squatted around 8 p.m. and went to bed around 11, you might sleep better. Nah, I haven't done that in 40 years. I'm probably not going to start. Nice 40 years 40 ago? No, I occasionally sleep okay. Every once in a while. I sleep pretty good. About twice a year, I'll actually sleep eight, eight and a half hours and not even get up in the middle of the night to piss. <laughs> but twice a year, I'll do that. It's amazing. Amazing when, when it happens. You know? I always get up to pee, though. Most guys do, don't they? I've been getting up every night to pee once since I was 14. I don't think it has to do with uh, so I'm not sleeping well, I get up. BPH or not anything a, like that. Not well, anyway, uh, enough of that. It's a little too personal, don't you think? Yeah, it's getting a little too personal. A little too personal. Next, next you're going to want to know how I shake it off. I'm not gonna, side to side? Or I'm not going to tell you. that. I don't, I don't know. Back and forth. It, just, it goes in a circle, probably. Back and forth. Helicopter. Big circle, <laughs> circle. I like that. Seventeen-inch <laughs> diameter. Yeah, big long circle. Nice. Okay. Calm down. Now it's time for coming, coming. Sir, sir, sir. From, from the haters. The haters. Yes, got a fresh little batch of these. No such thing as six-foot distance with this guy. He's always 
close because he's so fat. Rip's fat. What does he know? <laughs> he's fat. Let's see here. 4,500 people died yesterday alone. And Rip thinks we're all just being babies. Jesus. No dumb fuck. 7,945.2 people died yesterday. Not 4,500. Stupid ass. Point two. Being precise here. <clears throat> These things call for precision. And, uh, oh, I don't know. I can think of a worse way to die of COVID than COVID, rather. Uh, how about getting wrapped around a tree, you know, in a car wreck, and see your seeing your teeth embedded in the glass of the windshield right before that last breath where you gurgle on your own blood? That'd be worse than COVID. Guts, yeah, ejected by the the impact of the seat belt laying at your feet, you know, the smell. Think about that. That's worse than COVID. But how would yeah. you know that, that COVID didn't contribute to that? Well, <laughs> if if you test positive, <clears throat> you'll be counted. That'll be a COVID death. Because clearly COVID contributed. If you wouldn't have sneezed <laughs> if I had, that moment. Right. I wouldn't be wrapped around the tree. Right. Obviously. There you go. Yeah, I think you've got it. That's how it's being done. I've never seen a man's truck fit his personality so well. Oh, fuck. I get, that must be from the, what was that? That's where we did the thing, bro. The gym, op, gym opening video. Opening the gym. A lot of people like your, your purse. They call it a purse. My purse? Yeah. Your, your briefcase. <laughs> my briefcase that's got all my shit in it. They call it a purse. One purse. guy said a two-wheel drive truck and a purse. I would have never thought of it. <laughs> A two-wheel drive truck and a purse. <laughs> oh, shit. That's so amazing. <laughs> did, did Was the car I parked beside in the video? It was, yeah. Was it? He didn't notice that. Did notice okay. I caught myself thinking, this guy is pretty fat. For a fitness enthusiast, <laughs> then I remembered he's a power lifter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a power lifter. That's what I am. All right, that's comments uh, from the haters. That's how we kick off our Q&A shows. You guys like my shirt? You haven't even read the shirt, huh? I think it's pretty funny. That's pretty good. You know? I always got to wear a new shirt in here. Every time we do one of these, wear a new shirt. So, uh, and I, I pay for these, by the way. These aren't free. You'd think they'd send them to me. Free, since they're getting advertising. But no, no, I'm, I'm my own man. Okay, so what we're going to do this time, 
for Q&A. See all this? Brianna Hillen, our production assistant. Or what are we calling her now? The associate producer? Associate producer, I think. Or the assistant producer. What's the difference between an associate and an assistant producer? Assistant. Hollywood knows. Somebody knows that. Yes, assistant helps. An associate. Associates. Associates, yeah. Right. Okay. So she prints these all up. They kind of some of them come into the store. Radio, startingstrength.com. It's where we take these. Some of them, do you get any of these off of Facebook, dear? Just off of the ones that come into the store. Right? There's that many to come into this. Look at this. It's like 300 questions here. It's like a phone book. I better explain what a phone book is. Because yeah. nobody, nobody knows that, do they? Ooh, I just dated myself. Okay, boomer. Yeah. Right? They don't even deliver them to your front door anymore. I hope not. You just have to throw them away. They were always they just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, they they went from the big format to the little bitty ones, yeah. you know, and then they went to the electronic format, <laughs> went to Google, the Google format, so that no one needs one anymore. All right. So what I'm going to do, I haven't read these. I'm just going to pick one up and read it, and just react. How about that? Okay. All right, so hi, Coach. Coach, I'm 5'9", 25, currently weigh 195. Little guy. My calorie count at the beginning of the program was 2,000. To what I'm now, what I'm at now, which is 5,000. I've ran the program for th b before three years ago and stopped due to life issues starting at 140 to 195 body within se English, please English. When you submit these, I mean, if you're if you're concerned, get your mom to read them or whatever you need to do. But don't send me shit like this. I have to decipher the the. All right. Hi, Rip. I have a training question on intermediate programming with regard to the four day split. And upper-lower training days. I'm 6'8". And find that when I squat and deadlift on the same day, squats and pulls, that my low back becomes quit fatigued stiff for days after, and I feel it can detract from productive training. My question is, can I squat and bench together and deadlift and press together instead? That's fine with me. But, Aaron, what do you want to bet that you're six foot eight and about 175 pounds? <laughs> what do you want to bet? What do you want to bet? Uh, yeah, you've got shitty levers. There's no doubt about it. If I were you, I'd kill myself. Unless you've already reproduced, in which case it's too late. You've already passed on these fucked up genes to the next generation, and there's just no taking that back uh had you not had kids i would suggest suggest you know suicide but it, right now the only thing we can do is have you gain some weight because you and i both know that you're 175 right you and i both know that all right now hi mark everybody's so polite hi rip hi mark hi coach 
I was wondering why you haven't developed a safety-style squat bar for low bar squat. Uh, because you don't need to and you can't. I mean, how would you do that? I guess the little arms would have to be curved like that, wouldn't they? I, I don't see why that would be necessary. I guess you could take the safety squat bar arms that are now straight and then curve them, but then they'd have to be different dimensions for the, you know, you'd have to have a six-inch curve, an eight-inch curve, and all this stupid shit. But then the bar's just, hanging off your back. It's then the bar's... It's not sitting on you, it's hanging. Yeah, it's, it's a real dumb idea. Well, I guess he's postulating that you've got enough low bar squat back angled where it would sit there, but then why do you need... Because your elbows, your shoulders are so... Look, just high bar squat, okay? Just high bar squat. It's not that big a deal. Uh, doesn't matter how you squat. They're all the same. There's as many ways to squat as there are grains of sand on the beach. As long as you're getting stronger. As long as you're getting stronger, you know, getting stronger. Doesn't matter. Hi, Rip. Are hip thrusts a useful assistance exercise, a waste of time, or somewhere in between? Depends on how big your tits are. <laughs> if you get nice big tits, I, I think they're I think they're critical. I think they think they're critical. They would be in my gym. <laughs> oh, God. oh shit! All right. Starter Shrake picks movements that utilize the most muscle mass over the longest effective range of motion in a way that allows the lifter to use the most weight and thus get stronger. Well, he's right so far. All versions of the jerk move the shoulder joint and elbow joint through the same range of motion as the press. While using a heavier weight, in addition, there is a greater range of motion at the knee joint and hip joint and greater involvement of knee and hip musculature. Why, then, is the press included in starting strength and not the jerk? Is that not obvious? Where do you start pushing on the bar in a correctly performed jerk? Well, in a correctly performed jerk, you're driving the bar up. Right, but you're using a, uh, the the drive involves just a fraction of the percentage of the weight on the bar because the upward momentum of the bar is generated by the hips and knees. Now we don't need the jerk for working hips and knees because we squat, we deadlift, right? But we do need a movement pattern that stresses the shoulders over their overhead range of motion. The jerk doesn't do that. The jerk is designed to not be limited by the amount of weight you can press. That's why they had the clean and press and the clean and jerk a long time ago in the Olympics as separate, as separate lifts. Uh, we want to press. We don't want to jerk. Jerk's technical. Jerk's ballistic. Jerk hurts older knees where the press doesn't. There's a lot of downside to the jerk. But primarily, it doesn't do what we want it to do. Okay, now, hi, Rip. <laughs> the reverse hyper seems to be all the rage in recovery in college sports and on Joe Rogan's podcast. I wish you'd answer his calls to come on your show. No, he doesn't call to come on my show. 
he wants me, he calls me to get me to come on his show. And I've already told him what, how many times this week is he called? At least He's called three times this week. And I told him three times, I'm not coming to California, Joe. I'm scared to death of getting COVID-19. And I know what a hotbed of that disease California has become. Hundreds of thousands of cases. Millions of deaths. In California alone, I'm not going out there. Right? In my opinion, reverse hypers make you feel good immediately after you do them for lower back pain. But the pain just comes back later. Maybe I'm doing them wrong. A lot of momentum involved, all this shit. All right, let me let me let me go ahead and spill the beans. I used to have a reverse hyper machine at the gym. All right. I got rid of it. Because amazingly enough, everybody that used it hurt their lower back on the damn thing. It's an excellent machine to keep your lower back fucked up. I mean, look what it does. It puts your spine what is normally a lordotic extensioned spine into flexion under a load. And if you do it the way the, you know, boys up in Ohio do it, you use a bunch of weight. Now, I don't think that's particularly intelligent. So I got rid of it, and everybody's back's better. So that's why we don't do reverse hypers, because I think they're stupid. All right, now... Hello, Rip. Could you think I ought to just dispense with the hello, Rip? No, we want to know how. How, how the letter starts off? Yeah, how polite these people are. Okay. And what if when it switches up, it's like, hey, shithead. Could happen. You're going to read it. I got one here that says, dear fat pink man. <laughs> <laughs> dear fat pink man. But this one says, hello, Rip. I was curious if there was anything further I could be doing during the novice linear progression to maximize its effectiveness outside of doing the program correctly and consistently. I'm already eating a lot of good food, sleeping and resting a lot, and practicing semen retention. I am, I'm not making this up. It says this right here. With a, and apparently with a perfectly straight face. I've stopped drinking alcohol entirely to aid the process also. But if there is anything further you would recommend, which aren't steroids, I'd love to know. Add back alcohol, start jacking off again, because you're not going to get any pussy. <laughs> we, can, we know that right now. All right. Uh, I don't know. It has to be a troll, don't you think? And then I just fell right into the damn thing. Didn't I? This is what happens when you don't read these in advance. But start jacking off again. You Really. You need to. I mean, you're, you're stuck at home. XNXX.com is your friend. All right. Now, hello, Rip. I'm a big fan of the podcast and your sense of humor. That's real strange. Nobody's a fan of my sense of humor except me. Sometimes I wonder about it, too. I have a question for you regarding front squats. Why were they removed from practical programming? I'd always been told that they're a great accessory for intermediate advanced lifters. 
I was wondering if you could elaborate as to why you wouldn't consider them necessary anymore. Well, because they leave out the hamstrings. All right. Now, when I when the first edition of practical programming was written, uh, I was a little boy. I was a child. And I was just going along with what I thought I knew. But, you know, if you are asked questions, good questions like this all the time, then you have to start thinking about things. So what we started thinking about was who needs front squats? Who needs to train the front squat? Because we're, remember, we're training these lifts. We're trying to make them go up over time. And who needs to train a version of the squat that does not include much hamstring in it and the answer to that is olympic weightlifters and that's all why would you want to do a version of the squat that omits most of the posterior chain from the movement pattern you you understand that a vertical back which is produced by an open hip angle and a closed knee angle shortens the hamstrings and a a foreshortened hamstring cannot contribute contraction to hip extension because it's already in contraction that position is necessary for you if you're going to catch a clean at the bottom of the movement a full clean is a front squat out of the bottom so an olympic lifter has to train the front squat but you are not an olympic lifter Because there's only about 87 of them in the country anyway. All right. You're not an Olympic lifter. So intentionally doing front squats in the mistaken idea that when they emphasize quads is, uh, is interesting thinking. Why do you want to emphasize quads? The squat, and here's our thinking on this, all right? The squat is a movement pattern. We're not concerned with the muscles in except to the extent that we want to include as many of them in the movement pattern so we can strengthen as many of them using a gradually increasing weight in that movement pattern as possible that's why we squat and that leaves out the front squat for everybody except olympic lifters who have to train the things you have to front squat if you're an olympic lifter you have to train the front squat if you're an olympic lifter the best thing for making your front squat stronger is get a strong back squat. Add 300 pounds to your back squat. Guess what happens to your front squat? It goes up too. All right? But if you're an Olympic lifter, you absolutely must practice squatting down and up with a vertical back because you can't get out of the clean without a big front squat. But you, not being an Olympic lifter, don't need to do it. I hope that clarifies that and in, in terms of the why that was omitted from the last edition of practical programming it's because it was it didn't need to be in there in the beginning and we're well, every time we issue a new edition we're fixing problems and that was a problem we fixed okay coach rip my name is uh i don't know why Marshall Smith is giving me his name, and I'm a 400-meter sprinter in college. How do you manage sprint training practicing for the 400-meter while also strength training? Well, I've never trained a 400-meter. 
sprinter. 400-meter sprint is uh, almost as horrible as the 800-meter sprint, which is the most awful physical experience a human being can have is the 800-meter sprint. Uh, if uh, I, what I would probably do were, were I training a collegiate sprinter like that is I'd have them do just a novice progression sets of five because the only reason we're squatting for sprinting is to get stronger what makes you strongest sets of five on the squat that's how I would do it probably twice a week depending on what the track schedule looks like twice a week three sets of five up five pounds of workout it's not complicated but I think probably under a under a situation like that uh, three day a week squats probably a little bit too much and if the the sport in question is the is the sprint, that's the thing that's got to receive the priority. Okay. <clears throat> Curious on the status of the starting strength lifting shoes. Are they ready for purchase? Come on. <laughs> Charles. Charles. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we've had some problems recently. Me and everybody else on the surface of the planet has had some rather significant problems recently that may have, may have backburnered the shoes. Right? Uh, I wouldn't look for them within the next couple of weeks. Okay. We got some other shit to get sorted out first. All right. All right. Is it true that Rip was part of the 80s all male strip team, Thunder Down Under, under the stage name Barbell Billy? <laughs> that was not my stage name. What was it? Let's don't go there. Can you tell me Those are dark know. days. I'll tell you later. I've got a video I'll show you. All right, dear Mr. Mark Ripito, I think it is a good idea to read these because of the huge amount of variation. Dear Mr. Mark Ripito, thank you for sharing your knowledge, advice, and time reading the emails. Also, thank you to everyone else that reads the emails. So he's thanking Bree, I guess, right? Steph sees some of them too, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll be sure and thank Steph and Bree for you. All right, questions. Something was in the coffee. It looked like rodent hair or something. <laughs> uh, questions. Dear sir, what is your personal top recommended book that everyone should read? Outside of starting strength, basic barbell training. Well, I don't have one. Top recommended book that everyone should read? I, I don't know what kind of, that's rather shallow thinking, uh, Nick. Not you, uh, Nick. That Nick. Just Nick here. Uh, I don't know. There's lots of good books, Nick. Just read a bunch of them and you tell us which one which one you thought was the best dear sir he says this again 
What is a book that you really enjoyed from the past couple of years till now? We get these book questions all the time, don't we? You know, I've thought about starting a book thread to go along yeah. with the movie thread on the on the website. Yeah, yeah. You think that's a good idea? Maybe we'll do that. Uh, I've read several books. I keep one going all the time. I'm rereading Moon is a Harsh Mistress right now. It's a great book. The second time, the first time I read that was probably 25 years ago. Second time I've read, I'm reading it now. Heinlein missed some interesting things. He missed IT and uh, all of the stuff that he's talking about in uh, in that fabulous book. Uh, he just didn't foresee cell phones, internet. Stuff like that. It's a, it's it's way more noticeable now to me that now that we're using it ourselves. But the rest of the book is so prescient. It's just an amazing book that you need to read. Uh, and three, dear sir, what is a book that you look you looking forward to reading? I'm looking forward to reading a book that is compiled from the obituaries of the haters on on uh, uh, the, the YouTube videos. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking forward to. Douchebag Machine was a family man. He loved to laugh. You ever notice that everybody loved to laugh in their obituary? He loved to laugh. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, dear strength gods. Do you have any plans to print starting strength in Spanish? I'm worried about the fate of my Spanish-speaking friends and family if they cannot have access to your teachings. Uh, you know, though, I think uh, Harry's about done with that. That's what he keeps saying, yeah. He keeps saying he's done with it. I don't know. It might. The thing might be she's got to lay it out, though. It's going to take a while to get done once it's. What's it? But we, yeah, we have a Spanish translation being uh, published in this particular situation. I think we're going to publish that translation ourselves instead of uh, licensing it to a different publisher. But the translation is already it's it's either completely done or it's in a final edit. Uh, uh, I'm also worried about the fate of your Spanish-speaking friends and family. Uh, you seem to be speaking English pretty well. Why don't you just read it to them? Do you care so little about them that you haven't read them the book already? Seems like a loving family member would already have taken care of that. Okay. This one just says, Mark, what's your thoughts on medical marijuana and how it relates to strength training or hell life in general? You may have already addressed this subject. If you have, I missed it, obviously. 
because you were high, Reynard. Uh, medical marijuana. I, you know, I, I, medical marijuana. I think what you mean is just medical. Is it just marijuana? Because medical marijuana does that differ from marijuana in any significant way? It's other than its its source, yeah. the store where you bought the medical marijuana. Because if you're prescribed medical marijuana, you would obviously have to get that at a medical marijuana store because the normal sources of marijuana don't provide medical marijuana. Right? Oh, I don't know. I think I'm probably the only person in North America uh, that strength trains without marijuana. So, and I, what do I think about it? What does it matter what I think about it? You going to quit smoking dope if I tell you not to? Well, no, nor should you. I think you need to get better with your punctuation, though. Maybe that's the, maybe that's the, downside of medical marijuana hello rip this question is about weightlifters but is relevant to all elite athletes who mostly train their olympic lifts while not really training their deadlift that much oh this will be juicy won't it you want weightlifters to deadlift in order to get stronger meaning that their ability to produce force would improve yes now i think uh, we would agree that elite weightlifters with a 38-inch vertical jump can clean a higher percentage of their deadlift than the average guy because they are more explosive so that they, they can display a higher percentage of their strength quickly. So they might be able to clean, say, 65% of their deadlift while the average guy would clean 45 to 50% of their deadlift. In that case, their force production ratio between the clean and the deadlift would be higher than the average guy ratio. If we agree on these statements, and we do agree because I've said that for 15 years, we agree on these statements. Would you think that it's possible for these genetically blessed athletes to produce more force, mass times acceleration, at, say, a power clean, squat clean, squat snatch, than a deadlift? If so, would you consider these exercises as strength training for them? All right. The, the other part of what I've always said about this is that weightlifters who are, are more explosive are using more of their muscle mass during a heavy clean and a heavy snatch than a guy with a 22-inch vertical, and that, therefore, they're training more of their muscle mass during these, during these lifts. Uh, yes, I've, I've, I've said that, too, and that's, that's obviously true. But the, the question is, what I think it's possible for these genetically blessed athletes to produce more force at, say, power clean, squat clean, snatch clean, than a deadlift? No. Because... A clean and a snatch are sub-maximal pulls. And what is force production? What is strength? Does it take more force to get 800 pounds off the floor or 550 off the floor? This is just arithmetic. 
It takes more force to get 800 off the floor. So if you get your deadlift up to 800, then the back end effect of that is that now 575 is easier off the floor. Okay, and uh, this is why I am of the opinion that Olympic weightlifters need to deadlift. But none of them want to. None of them want to. And I understand not wanting to do it. I know you pull every day that you train. I understand that. But you're not training for strength when you do a movement that is not limited by the amount of force you can produce off the floor. If the amount of acceleration you can produce off the floor limits the movement, that is one thing. But acceleration is produced by force production. And if force production, ultimate, absolute force production goes up, acceleration goes up too. There's not a one-to-one relationship between this. It's not for every pound your deadlift goes up, your clean goes up that much. Because there are other factors involved in the clean that aren't involved in the deadlift. But, uh, yeah, I think you need to deadlift, and I think that it needs to be. I've always said that an Olympic weightlifter who really, really wants to be a competitive Olympic weightlifter needs to PR his deadlift every other Saturday even just by two and a half pounds. But what the hell do I know? I'm just a power lifter. Rip. My girlfriend and I had a great time at the seminar in Vegas, where I got COVID-19, by the way. You gave it to me. Well, it wasn't you, it was your girlfriend. Learned a lot and appreciated you and the team's work. We never had the chance to go over how strength improves, trains, the other athletic abilities, agility and balance. Any chance we can get that on the show? We didn't go over that? How did we not go over that? We talked That's the first thing we talk about on Friday night is how it, you guys must have come in late. Agility and balance. It's just force production. What's agility? You may not have talked about agility. You definitely talked about balance, though. I talk about balance for 30 minutes. Agility uh, is, uh, you know, your ability to, to, to rapidly change the direction in which your body weight is moving. You know, and that's clearly force production. Uh I don't know. Did I? No, I did that lecture in Las Vegas. That's my only one I do. It's the only one I know anything about. So I, I know I talked about that. Uh, I guess you'll need to come back to uh, another seminar. Bring her with you. Okay. Hi, Mr. Ripito. What's the most admirable thing you can see in the gym? An empty wastebasket. I really am big on maintenance. Going into the bathroom in the back and the trash can's just been emptied. I swell with pride. 
what, what the hell do you think he actually means here? Some guy named Nick asked the question, what do you think he meant, Nick? What's the most admirable thing you can see in the gym? Well, the most admirable thing you could see at the gym then is when your grandmother beats your PR in the squat. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be an admirable thing to have happen. And it can happen. All right? This is the last one. All right, hi, Rip. There are people in the world who offer described as naturally strong. Either they are strong despite the fact that they do not lift weights, or they respond incredibly well to training if they do lift weights. In your experience, have you ever come across an individual who could be described as naturally weak insofar as they have a predisposition to very little muscle mass or strength and or do not respond to training as well as other individuals? Regards, Matt with one T, M-A-T. Never seen it spelled that way in terms of a human name. I mean, M-A-T, a mat, that's that rubber thing that's on the floor, right? Yeah. That is the way that's spelled, right? Okay. That reminds me of the old joke. What do you call a man with no arms and no legs laying on the floor? Matt. Right? What do you call a band with no arms and no legs hanging on the wall? What? Art. <laughs> Real stupid jokes. What do you call a man with no arms and no legs in a swimming pool? What? Bob. <laughs> oh, there's several more of them, but I've already gotten myself in enough trouble. So, uh, yeah, there's there's people, uh, Matt. Uh, that uh, respond not near as well as other people. That's certainly true. Your wife, for example, wouldn't respond as well as you do unless you've got an unusual wife. And I mean a damned unusual wife. Uh, force production capacity is largely... Uh, Genetic. Some people are more explosive than others. Some people are stronger than others. This has a lot to do with uh, hormones. It has to do with hormones that were available in utero when you were a little hatchling inside mama. And uh, it starts real early in the process of uh, gestation, eight weeks into eight weeks post-conception, sex hormones are present in the fetus. These change a lot of things. And depending on how much sex hormone was available, how much testosterone specifically was available in utero, you might have people who are of different physical capacities as a result of that exposure. Uh, so if you look at this question in terms of of hormones you've got guys that are low t 
guys with chronically low testosterone won't respond as well to strength training as guys that have enough testosterone. That's fixable, right? And to the extent that it is fixable, it can be fixed and it should be fixed. But the effects of in utero testosterone are going to make a tremendous difference in how uh, your physical existence is carried out after you're born. And there's not much can be done about that. Uh, For the same reason that an average female standing vertical jump is 14 and an average male standing vertical jump is 22, uh, people have different physical capacities based on uh, their you know, endowment from birth, that would be called congenital endowment from birth. Um, And uh, those effects are not easily overcome to the extent you add testosterone. You can fix some of it, certainly. But uh, even if you add testosterone to a girl, you don't make her as explosive as a boy. Uh, A lot of girls have tried but didn't work very well. All right, I got one more here. Since we're long on time, I'll just go ahead and throw this in. This is Dear Fat Pink Men. This is... Not normally what we want in a question for Starting Strength Radio... So I'm going to truncate this a little bit. I've been watching videos, listening to podcasts now. Program February, we did training for that. Uh, probably don't trust the doctors to ask for help on this matter. Uh, 30-year-old, 10 years, going to the gym, three sets of 10, no progress, of course. 5'8", 216, skinny, fat, and weak. Deadlifting for 154, and a week later, 216. Squat went from 66 and then to 88 things got better after watching your vids on how to activate lower back muscles problem after daily squatting my knee tendons would hurt i wouldn't call hurt hurt they sure made me notice they were there night for sleep woke up sore didn't feel good unhappiness heartache misery uh i feel my tendons right the night after he pulled 216 Side patellar tendons, whatever that. He's got different anatomy than most people. Upper patellar tendon. uh, The back patellar tendon. His definitely odd knee anatomy. Uh, Does not hurt. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Says, what should I do if I have the strength to go up, but my knees are not on the same pace? Should I train with the same weight that doesn't hurt? for more weeks and months instead of adding more weight on the rack. Should I lower everything, even though I have the strength to perform with heavier weights? Should I really give this, give up this life and focus on bird observation and or garden photography? Well, it sounds like what you have been doing up till now is bird observation and garden photography with a 88-pound squat and a 216 deadlift. Uh, Look, Emiliano, you're squatting wrong. If you squat wrong, you're going to hurt your knees. 
everybody that squats wrong hurts their knees unless they're freaks, you know, like Tom Platts or somebody who squatted wrong for decades and had never hurt his knees. But you're hurting your knees with bad technique. That's all there is to it. I would suggest posting a video on the technique forum so that our friend Pete Troopas can tell you to bend over more, reach back with your hips, shove your knees out. All of the things we tell everybody because, believe it or not, you're not the only one with this problem. And if you'll get on the board, on the technique board, watch videos, I'm sure you'll see something that looks fairly familiar to you with respect to their squats and your squats. So, well, that's all the shit I've got. Uh, You guys got anything you want to talk about? Oh, well, there's the rodent. I can see him now. He's at the bottom. Uh, Anything else? Nothing you want to discuss? Well, then I guess what we can do is just wrap things up. You guys uh, be careful. Uh, And when I tell you to be careful during these trying times, what I mean is I'm not worried about you getting the virus and dying because tiny tiny fraction of people do that and they're old and they've got other illnesses what i want you to be careful about is allowing this situation to adversely affect your brain right a whole bunch of people are under a whole lot of stress right now because things around them have fallen away from their control. This is not good. Most people's psyches don't do well in situations where they are completely out of control of what's happening to them. It's one of the most stressful things that can happen to you. It's like going to jail. It's almost exactly like going to jail. To the extent possible, keep your head out of your ass Retain control of your situation. Don't just follow orders that don't make any sense. Don't appease people just to be non-confrontational. Don't do stupid shit like that. You'll be better off in the long run if you do things the way they need to be done, the way you know they need to be done, and you retain as much control over yourself as you can. Good luck to you, and we'll see you next time on Starting Strength Radio.